Hey guys, this is Josh and Josh from uh, the Bar Top Banter Studios. This is the happy hour. Um, if you've seen any of our videos, it's a lot of satire, a lot of fun, a lot of joking. But anytime that we can do something positive or helpful, you know, we want to try to do that. Uh, we're also from a very small town. And while at times you may pull apart and uh, people lose connections, we always want to try to help our fellow Glen Rose and just fellow humans. That being said, um, a young lady that we both went to school with, um, Cami Sesho, and her uh, uh, and, uh, her family are going through some tough times. Her and her husband, Logan, have a young son. His name is Lincoln. Uh, just celebrated his third birthday, but is having a tough fight. He is battling with cancer. And, um, you know, I really want to make this young man famous. We really want to help where we can. So down below, uh, there'll be a link to his uh, Facebook as well as Instagram. And we want to, you know, donate where you can, kind of encouraging words to help Lincoln through this fight. Um, I couldn't imagine what the parents are going through, um, dealing with this with, uh, you know, a kid and having other kids and just the family as a whole. Um, I've known the family since sixth or seventh grade. So, you know, I'm praying for all y'all and, um, you know, please share this video, uh, get the message out. I've also put it on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. Again, we're here to help any way we can. So from Josh and Josh. Here at the happy hour, Lincoln, keep fighting, buddy. Uh, we're praying for you. We're thinking of you. Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Coming live from the Bar Top Banner Studios in Cypress, Texas, it is the happy hour with Josh and Josh. <laughs> That's right. This is the happy hour. We're headed to the top. It's Josh and Josh coming at you with an episode number dose from the Bar Top Banter Studios here in Cypress, Texas on a rainy, rainy day. Shout out to Intra Coastal Brewery out of Florida, sending us some amazing, great things behind me. We've got the Coastal Series IPA that is as smooth as can be for a hoppy beer, and then a pistachio milkshake IPA. Put that over some ice cream and you have a party coming. Thank you, Intra Coastal Brewery. Ryan Boza sending that out here. JB. Welcome back, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. It's a, it's going to be a heck of an episode. Um, you know, getting back into the groove. Uh, you, my my friend, had an amazing meal for one uh, one weekend ago. Oh uh, yeah, last weekend I uh, had some family in town. We, uh, I don't know, could have just went somewhere in the neighborhood, but we went it big. Went to downtown Austin uh hit up garage bar a little cocktail bar in a repurposed uh parking garage pre-dinner and then uh, for dinner we went to arlo gray um by uh top chef's Kristen kish someone that you're familiar with from top chef um a quote bad bitch on top chef which you can provide some background as to why but uh went pretty hard with the uh, tasting menu it was a great great meal super jealous um, and she is a super bad bitch. Um, she was crushing it in the beginning of her season and went to restaurant wars and was the executive chef. There were some issues, um, not necessarily all her issues. And she probably, um, could have threw some people under the bus because people were throwing her under the bus. She did not. Mm -hmm. She goes to last cast, last chance 
kitchen, rolls off four or five wins, including beating the lady that threw her under the bus just to come back and win it all. She is amazing. I want to go there. I want to eat. I want to eat it all. I want it all. Dude, it's a great, it's kind of a great service industry restaurant, so to speak, like in a great chef's restaurant. A lot of the decor on the walls is like, um, like just a frame, like sketches of plating and recipes and stuff. Like you can be eating something off a menu and then look behind you. It's like, oh, this when they plan this dish. Like it's pretty awesome. Um, had a great pork chop and then had a great uh, couple of pasta dishes. Um, I'm not a big mushroom guy, not a big olives guy. Mm-hmm. They made me like mushrooms and olives, just the way they prepare everything. Like they just elevate everything that they do there. It was pretty, pretty fantastic. In uh, the incredible and profound words of radio, I want both. I want both, Coach Jones. Oof. Yeah. I don't have enough money to just go back all the time, but if I, if I did that one. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to come down there for a, uh, for a visit. We're going to have to definitely jump on some of those plates and have a, a delicious meal and just absolutely continue to see how much of a bad bitch uh, this lady is. Uh, that being said, you know, in the news the past couple of weeks, um, season two, Netflix, Tiger King, it's coming back. Houston, Texas style. It's gotten crazy in H-Town. Uh, man, apparently uh, Netflix should jump all over this and just make it a series of uh, tiger-related incidences, I guess. Every season is just a new tiger. Um, but yeah, man, it's been crazy in Houston. Uh, this this uh, off-duty cop like kind of received a phone call from a neighbor that a tiger was just kind of walking around. Uh, that's not something you want. Um, I don't know how, how that's covered in the HOA necessarily, but... Uh, I wonder, I wonder what the fine is there. Like what, when you get the notice from the HOA about the tiger in your house, I'm, I just, I'm just curious. I get, like what, get a, what category does that fall under? Is this not keeping your house up kept? Uh, is it, I mean, I don't know what 250, $3,000 fine. Just it's crazy, man. It's like real life here in Houston. But, uh, so this off duty cop comes face to face with a tiger and then just a random dude pops out of the house. He's like, Oh no, that's my tiger. Gives him a hug and just ushers him inside and then drives off. Uh, and this guy, uh, Victor Hugo Cuevas, um, currently um, under indictment for a murder charge in Fort Bend, where he allegedly shot a guy outside of a sushi restaurant. So his bail was revoked. So he had some California roll, a little fried rice, and then a crab ragoon and killed somebody. That's outstanding. That Fort Bend, baby, I tell you, it's characters. An, it's an all-star, all-star evening. <laughs> I mean, you don't even fuck go into the movies. You just go to Fort Bend and watch a possible. You, you're watching Goodfellas live. It, you know what it is? It's Donnie Brasco when Lefty gets, he gets the tiger. <laughs> That's what you just watch. You are watching Donnie Brasco part two, Tiger King part yeah. two. Um, and then it came out in his bail hearing where his bail got revoked that he doesn't actually own the tiger. So I have one question. Who's fucking tiger is this? Like, I think, I, th- I think it's a fair question. Um, I mean, I can think of a couple of people. One of them is in prison in uh, Oklahoma, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I guess this is a big market. I guess wild game trading in Fort Bend County, where some people can't even afford their mortgage, having a tiger is okay. I guess so. And one thing Netflix could do, like I think from just what we've talked about already, they could stretch this out to at least like six episodes. Oh, easy. Um, 
But one other thing that happened, uh, CNN had Carol Baskin on. So now we have our recurring character, um, an expert in both manslaughter and tigers. She, uh, she said, maintain eye contact with the tiger, back away slowly. So if there are any other tigers loose in Houston, Josh, please do those things. Carol Baskin. Killed her husband, whacked him. Twice. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Twice. Venom to tigers, they <laughs> snack it. What's the incredible? I mean, I mean, she's 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 incredible. She is. I mean, she's more successful than OJ. Yeah. And and it's it's outstanding. Carol Baskins. Um, you need she's to a do, white lady with tigers. Yeah, I mean, she was on CNN, right? She probably did the <laughs> CNN about the tiger. Then went to true crime and was talking about how you could tell if you murdered your husband. Like, just gave you details. She just knew. So, I'm gonna I'll pop some popcorn and make sure to be looking looking out for part two of the tiger. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, if uh, Netflix doesn't pick this up, I think we can just turn ourselves into a true crime podcast and uh, <laughs> call. I'm gonna call the courthouse in Fort Bend. Just get started there and see where we can take this. To all our viewers, we will not stop until the truth. It's put out to all of you. So uh, me and JV will keep investigating, said Carol Baskin's uh, just knowledge about tigers as well about the tiger, whose it was. And are we going to find, did the guy really murder him? We'll call Unsolved Mysteries. We can do Reno 911. I hear they're, they're very good at finding uh, things. And then we'll call um, Bad Boys. They're good. I hear they, I hear they get people. Cops are, are like actual bad boys like Mike Lowry. Oh yeah, I'm talking about I'm, t- <laughs> I'm talking about Will Smith and uh, Martin Lawrence. Okay. Bad who's boys. Will Smith and who's Martin Lawrence out of the two of us? I mean, I'll, I'll feel successful either way, so you can pick. I'll take Martin Lawrence. He's the funnier one. So you're you're more funny. Got it. And I'm Will Smith. Love it. I'll take it. Good to go. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's your favorite time of year right now. Yes. It's NBA playoff basketball right now. It's getting serious. The play-in is done. Um, the person that I had, the team that I had for the, you know, the dark horse was out very quickly and didn't make it in the playoffs. But playoffs have started. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, Steph couldn't get the Warriors all the way in. Um, not not his fault. It was incredible. Their team's just not very good. Um, man, uh, like I had that real nice dinner last weekend. This weekend has been a basketball weekend. Uh, that included watching the Heat game and then um, watching every little second of the Mavericks game and then just going on for every recap I could find afterwards last night. Um, incredible game, incredible performance by one Luka Doncic as usual. Um, role players stepped up. Uh, Porzingis did not. But if he if he kind of gets on board, like we're gonna like he he did not play well yesterday, and the Mavs still won. Um, even though the even though the Clippers like were playing pretty decent, if if Porzingis comes around, man, like we'll kind of just roll through to the second round. And if he doesn't, then we just need these role players to keep stepping up. Yeah, uh, um, Hard- Hardaway had some big shots. Killed it. Timmy Jr. played great. Dorian Finney-Smith played awesome. Um, pretty excited to see what they do. The next game doesn't start till 9.30 p.m. Uh, our time on Tuesday. So I'll, I'll do my best. But uh, as far as like who I actually see like kind of rationally coming out, 
of each conference into the finals. Um, I watched the Suns game. I watched the second half of the Suns-Lakers game today. Suns look good. Suns look good. So I'm more convinced than ever, like whoever comes out of that series, out of the Suns and the Lakers, the Suns won game one. Whoever comes out of that series, whether it be Phoenix or the Lakers, that's who's going to make the finals out of the West. Okay. Right now, you're going, you're going on now saying Suns or Lakers, whoever Suns wins. or Lakers are in the West. Um, okay. My pick would be the Suns just because they're up 1-0 at this point. And then I got the Nets out of the East, and I got the Nets winning the whole thing too. Um, at the end of the day, I just don't know how you guard them. Um, like if you have someone for KD, then do you have someone for uh, James Harden? And then do you have someone for Kyrie Irving? And then do you have someone for like the 10 minutes that Blake Griffin's knees have until he needs to go sit down? Like, <laughs> That's about all he's got. Ten, 10 minutes and maybe a dunk. A quick update. Uh, Atlanta, 97-95 over New York with two minutes left. This will obviously Ooh. be after the fact, but that's what's happening as we are talking. That, that team, whoever wins that series is probably just going to be the sacrificial lamb for your finals pick, the Philadelphia 76ers, who looks pretty great um, earlier today as well. They, uh, I was traveling, didn't have the opportunity to watch the game, but uh, I'm not surprised. They're scary. And, you know, and be, Jesus Christ, that dude is a beast. He is a monster. And when he's, he's on, so it, it, it's, it's super scary. The thing is, the Knicks doing well in this playoffs, I think, is important. Them just being back in the playoffs yeah. is good for basketball. Um, everything that has happened, you know, New York for so long was the mecca of basketball. It probably still is, not in the NBA side of things, just in the neighborhoods and things like that. Oh, for sure. But um, just not having the Knicks in the finals or in the playoffs or anything, is just, it's just bad. When they're in, it, it make, it's better. It's way better for baseball and uh, basketball. Baseball, what the fuck am I talking about? I've been I've been listening to too many uh, too many Astro stories lately, and just in my head. But <laughs> it, it's great to see them doing well. Um, I think they have a real chance of winning this series against the Hawks. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I don't, they're not getting out of the second round. I think it's going to be a slaughter. I think they might actually get swept. Um, and I'm excited to hear the Suns did well. Um, Booker is the man. I, I like how he stayed in the he stayed in Phoenix. He's seen the the process, I guess, through. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it's just exciting to see what they're doing. So NBA, it's it's I haven't watched much of it this year, but it's been exciting the last 48 hours. It's so talent rich right now. Like you think about Booker, Booker came out against the defending champs today. His playoff debut had some like 34 points, uh, several assists, several rebounds. Mm -hmm. Really won that game down the stretch because Chris Paul had a little bit of a shoulder injury during the game, actually. I uh, had to go back to the locker room a couple times and kept coming out. Um, wasn't playing that well. Booker Booker won that game for them against the defending champs in his playoff debut. And you think about it, he he might be a top 10 NBA player. He might not be. He's right on the cusp. But, like, there's just so many good, talented players right now. And then back to your next point, I was listening to another podcast uh, the other day about just a playoff preview. and. Um, it was someone that was living in New York, and obviously you have the kind of disparity between the Knicks and the Nets right now, and the Nets have three at least future Hall of Famers on their team, a Hall of Famer coach on their team, and no one could give a shit. It's all about the Knicks right now because it's just Knicks basketball is back. So that, that is really good for the league for them to be able to see that um, 
a team, like the main team in the biggest market in the world is getting back on the road to being successful. Yeah, I mean, in the 90s, they were just so dominant. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. they had Michael Jordan for a lot of those years, you know, that they held him down in the two times they go to the finals, you know, they meet they meet a better team, the Spurs yeah. and um, and Houston. Rockets. Yeah. So, I mean, tough times, but they were always in the Eastern Conference finals, always doing work. And you had that, man, Patrick Ewing was so outstanding down low and you had enforcers like Oakley and Mason and then a versatile – you know, Charlie Ward and then Allen Houston later. It was just a very scary team that just couldn't quite get it done all the way. Um, but seeing their absence since 2013, it's just been painful, but it's very exciting. Uh, again, makes NBA better. And I, I mean, I hope, to, I hope they have a great showing this first round. I, I hope they do this in a sweep. I hope they get in that second round again. And then just, it's a good story. And who knows, in, in playoff basketball, anything can happen. Um, I, ideally, I don't see it happening. So... But NBA going on big time. Uh, I'm going to keep watching. I'm going, to, I'm going to be looking for you for updates because you're the knowledgeable man when it comes to that. Very excited. Very excited. It's going to be a great literally two months of just playoff basketball. <laughs> so also big news. We got a new lightweight champion. <laughs> to talk about some UFC. Um, yeah, Charles Oliveira, man, in in your hometown, uh, Houston, UFC 262, uh, Khabib retired, um, but so lightweight lightweight title was vacated. Charles Oliveira took it home, man. Second second round, I believe TKO uh, last weekend mm -hmm. against against Chandler. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was, there was a lot of push. Behind, there was a lot of push behind Michael Chandler coming from Bellator, and yeah. uh, you know he he did pretty well. But it was he had the flurry in the first round, you know, was putting it on Oliveira. But that second round, it was just a total mo momentum swing. And the cool thing, Oliveira's beaten the who's who over the last like ten years. The dude's been in the UFC. You know, he's on a seven or eight fight win streak. The la last time I looked, and you know, super exciting to see him because these are the things they thought he was going to do right when he came in. It was just took a little bit longer than anticipated. Yeah. Oh, and that really, it really sets the lightweight kind of weight class in the UFC to be really exciting for the next few months. Uh, coming up July 10th, we got Conor McGregor versus uh, Poirier. Um, round, this is the third fight of their trilogy, I believe, correct? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, and um, that would, one would assume be like the eliminator for who's going to fight Oliver next for the belt. I and, agree. You know the UFC's probably in the back of their minds cheering for McGregor. Mm -hmm. I know who you're cheering for, though. Do you? Yeah, Lafayette kid. Got to go with the Lafayette kid. You know, you, you're right. The, you, uh, the better Connor's doing is the better for you. It's better for UFC. The money yeah. comes rolling in. The dude knows how to sell fights. He's a good fighter. You know, um, I think he's he lost a Do what? He is. Oh, yeah. I think he's lost a lot of hunger. I mean, after he got the belt and so many different avenues, you know, the boxing with uh, Floyd and all these different things in his liquor, and he just became a very wealthy man selling controlling steak of the worst Irish whiskey I've ever tasted in my life. But um, he's a smart businessman, knows what he's doing. And while the whole UFC in Ireland is probably behind Connor, he got the whole state of Louisiana cheering <laughs> on uh, – Dustin, who's a super nice guy, does a lot of great things for the community. 
um, have had a chance to meet him in a past life. Um, and I just, I, I, the big thing for me, I love when he's announced because he fights out of Coconut Creek, Florida, but they always say by way of Lafayette, Louisiana. And I can just imagine how crazy Buffalo Wild Wings gets in Lafayette and Broussard and New Iberia and all these, I bet it's just bananas. Um, you know, the first fight, Connor clipped him real good and put him down, and that was that. Was that. Um, the second one, it was, it was a very, in my opinion, a very dominating performance by Dustin. Yeah. Um, so this third one, it, it's kind of anyone's game. I'm hoping for, hoping for a great showing from Dustin because he was an interim champion but didn't actually ha- uh, hold the authentic lightweight belt. So I would love for him to get an opportunity to fight for that. Um, that would be that would be pretty fantastic. But yeah, uh, to our point, like ninety eight percent of like most casual fans probably are just going to tune in to see McGregor. I would say, um, and it would be great for uh, Dustin to kind of get his name even more out there if he could yep. like uh, kind of push through to get that title shot. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and they both had similar career paths. They both, you know, fighting in the small shows for so long mm-hmm. and really had to work to, you know, get where they're at. So, I mean, both kudos to both of them. They're both very exciting fighters. Um, and the UFC is just exciting, you know. That's, that's yeah. just how it is. It's, it's a great, great time when you're watching UFC. Um, far more, like I said, far more entertaining than boxing. Um, there, are, there are some big boxing matches coming up, though. You've got the... Uh, You've got Fury versus Joshua. You also got um, just announced Pacquiao coming out of retirement or his 87th retirement to have another fight. And anytime Pacquiao fights, it's a fun watch too. So, you know, there's a I lot of good. That. I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who he's fighting. It came out this weekend. Again, very busy this weekend, so didn't get to check it out. But anytime Pacquiao's fighting, that's good. So there's a lot of good combat sports matches coming up, and I'm excited to excited to see what it all is but yeah dustin will definitely have my eyes and ears that night going for it um unlike the tool mr paul yes i have mentioned his name in every single episode he is a piece of shit smart business guy god he's so smart i wish i was that smart and that rich <laughs> but good lord this guy he's beat a who was beat an nba player and a guy with no hands oh no hands a wrestler um he, he had one point where he tried to come out and make the point. He's been beefing with UFC people quite a bit. Um, he tried to make the point that, like, oh, outside of McGregor, your people don't get paid enough to Dana White. And he kind of had a point. 100%. But what what's good is kind of as the UFC grows in popularity, then the payouts get a little bigger, too. Um, all of the fight bonuses, for example, at UFC 262 bumped up to $75,000 for like performance of the performance of the night, knockout of the night, uh, everything else. It's not like standard, but it seems like that's going to be like the standard rate moving forward. Um, but kind of back to the Paul brother, I would kind of love if he just fought an actual boxer. And I think I'm crossing streams here and I can't quite 100% figure out which Paul brother is which, but one of them's fighting Floyd Mayweather soon. Yes, you're right. One of them is. And I don't even know which I don't even know how which which one was. One of them has had two fights against really nobodies, but he's won. And I, no disrespect to Robinson, but he's a basketball player. And no offense to Ben Askren because he could whoop my ass any day of the week, but he's has no hands, never has any hands. Right. And the other brother is 0-1 and he lost to a other YouTube guy. 
There's a third brother? No, there, there's two brothers, but they both have had boxing. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. The other one's only fought one time, and he fought some YouTube guy and lost. So yeah. I don't. I don't know, but so you say he's fighting. I hope Mayweather just goes in there and whoops his ass. Uh, you know, I I think Mayweather carried the Connor fight just to make it a fight. Um, you know, we we watched that during Harvey and Hurricane Harvey, and we both kind of agreed like if if McGregor was going to win, he had to just exhaust himself in the first two and a half three rounds and just try to knock right. him out. When it got to the fourth round, it was game over, and Mayweather was just playing games. I hope Mayweather just comes in and just embarrasses this guy in one round, and I won't be watching it live. Because I'm not going to waste my money on this, but I, I would love to see that happen. I would love to see that happen after the fact on Twitter or Instagram. Yes, um, I won't be I won't be spending any money on that either. Um, McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I'll I'll spend money on that to watch that. But a Paul, an undisclosed Paul brother against a natural boxer, I can't do it. In uh, the famous words of Leonardo DiCaprio. I concur. <laughs> why, why would not concur? <laughs> uh, going back to UFC, another thing I would love for them to get rid of are um, win bonuses. I would just rather them have that. That's their that's their salary. Like if they're making yeah. sixty with the sixty win bonus, is one twenty. Um, I, I like where you're going with the five the the five bonuses. I agree. You know, it's better, and the payment for MMA isn't where even comparable remotely to boxing. Um, I don't know how that works. Boxing has been around, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years in different forms and fashions. MMA roughly, you know, 30 something years in its very poor barbaric state when it started with, with anything goes. Um, but the pay is just so different and so awfully different while, you know, a mixed martial artist has to do so many different variations of fighting. Boxing does one. Um, but it does seem that boxers, you know, and I could be wrong. Uh, any people, MMA or boxing fans that watch this, uh, tell me I'm wrong. Um, you know, agree to disagree. It does seem like boxing athletes start a lot younger than MMA athletes. Like, um, obviously, you're not just doing stand-up brawling in MMA, but even jiu-jitsu, there are young kids that do jiu-jitsu, but it seems like boxing, they start really young in, when they're starting to come up in the ranks. It, it does seem that way, and especially, like, certain like kind of cultures or what have you um they really like there's boxing gyms and it's just a boxing gym you're probably not seeing a lot of like eight-year-olds that in like a mixed martial arts like ufc gym in houston or something yeah i mean like you're right you, you don't see it and most people do start young boxing you know rocky when he fought spider in the church definitely started young he definitely had his nose correct back then sure wonder whatever happened to spider I believe he died. Um, he's actually, he's in Rocky Balboa, the movie. He's the guy doing the dishes, his friend. You're right. I know I am. Yeah, Rocky Balboa, he's a good guy. He's a fucking rascal. I love Rocky Balboa. You break my nose in 1975, I'll give you a, I'll give you a job in the back <laughs> house in 2008. He made like $9, $29, some bullshit off that. But um, yeah, combat sports, you know, I, I hadn't been watching as much as I, I, I think I'm going to get back into it, uh, get to know some of the, some of the fighters. I was, I was keeping up with that all of verified through Chuck Liddell because he was on Instagram posting stuff, and mm. he, was, he was in Houston. I wish I could have made that trip just to see that man. What a legend. Um, some brutal knockouts in his career, but still the man, uh, Chuck Liddell. Yeah, his poor, his poor chin. Just, it, 
<laughs> it shows how older people's chins go away because you could hit that dude with a tire iron, you know, in the late nineties and early two thousands and nothing was going to happen. And then it came, you know, little, little jabs. It was game over. Yeah. Rich. I think Rich Franklin just caught him with a jab and he was just like unconscious all of a yeah. sudden. I remember, uh, yeah, me and Matt Frazee came down to visit you down in uh, Cyprus and we went to the Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a Chuck Liddell, uh, Chuck L- a pay-per-view that Chuck Liddell was on and Chuck Liddell, it was one of his last couple fights where he got knocked out with not, we we say a not much of a punch where it would have just like ended us, but yeah. for him, it didn't seem like much of a punch and Matt Frazee like was so mad. <laughs> He's like, he goes... Chucky, it's it's time for Chuck to retire. It's time, and it it was after after the Rashad Evans fight. It was probably time to go. And then he lost to Shogun, and then he lost to Franklin, and then I don't how the California Athletic Commission sanctioned the Liddell Ortiz fight for De La Hoya is beyond me. Like he should have never been sanctioned for that. He could barely move. And again, if he saw me in an alley, he could probably beat the shit out of me with one hand. So Chuck, I love you, brother. I do. Not, I think you're 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 one probably. of my favorite fighters. <laughs> So I, d- I doubt you're going to watch this video, but all due respect. Um, he just, he wasn't the Chuck Liddell you, you saw beating up, beating up Couture, you know, beating up Jeremy Horn and just and Tito back then. He was just a different guy. It wasn't the same man. Yeah. Just like last week where we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, if Chuck Liddell isn't listening to this, like what a get, what a get for us. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what we need to do. You you do a lot of influencing now, Chuck. You just, I might just shoot you a little Instagram to your guy like, hey, what I have to do to get you to watch this and share it? <laughs> oh man, nice man. Oh man. god, Chuck Liddell, so many good memories of that guy. And by the time I got into UFC with Chuck, he was kind of the guy that was getting knocked out by Rashad Evans and Rich Franklin. But then yeah, going back on YouTube and just watching those just brawls he had with like Tito Ortiz and everyone else, like. Like, wow, like what a freaking legend. Um, just kind of like the Larry Bird for me, where he's just like, he was a legend before I kind of started watching him. Mm-hmm. But then you go back and look at it, it's just like, well, yeah, of course people loved him. Yeah. But so, Chuck, we love you. Chuck, we love you. Big fight. McGregor Poirier, who is your call? Who's going to win the fight? Poirier. I think he's just been more in it. Like, yeah. He hasn't left MMA and then come back. Um, and I'm, I'm always inclined to pick like the person that has the most to lose in a fight. And that's, if you're fighting Conor McGregor and you're, the, and you're only a UFC fighter, you're always gonna have the most to lose. Yes. Conor McGregor has a lot more to, Conor McGregor has Conor McGregor's personality to fall back on. 100%. I... Um, so I think if I were a betting man and I'm, I'm, I'll probably start looking at odds here in a few weeks, but um if Poirier is an underdog at all I would jump all over that I'm I'm going second round TKO Poirier he'll clip him ground and pound to finish the fight um he's just he's 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 the more active fighter lately obviously he's he's still in it Connor's making so much money hand over fist in other places I don't I don't think it means as much to him as it used to and he'll have another good payday he might fight one or two more times but I think you know there's no point in Connor fighting anymore. He's he's made his money. He can do other things. So, Poirier and two, ground and pound. Lafayette kid fighting for the title next. Okay, I just looked it up. They're even odds right now. So Vegas is basically saying that it's a toss up. Yeah. Um. So I would, I would, I would pick Poirier. 
Vegas isn't Vegas probably just doesn't know, and I'm trying not to lose too much money on either side. I mean, I agree. It's it's too close to yeah. really do too much, and and when the odds come out, if anyone separates, it won't be by enough where anyone's going to make any real money anyway. So, you heard it here. Happy hour, Poirier, Poirier, both of us, Lafayette kid, going to be representing. Um, we're at that point of the show now where it's called. Uh, oh, one more thing, though. Oh, I'm going to shut up because I'm an idiot. Uh, the opposite of MMA, unless you're talking about Happy Gilmore, uh, golf. Phil Mickelson today. Did you hear about this yet? Or That was going to be my, I'll have one more. But Oh, God talk. damn it. I just stepped right on it. Just fucked everything up. See, that's what that's what, that's what's cool about this, guys, that we have no idea what our one more, <laughs> have one more is going to be. So sometimes <laughs> you have to think really quick now because your shit's gone. So, yes, Lefty Phil <laughs> wins the tournament, age 50, oldest man to win a major, and the only man to win in four different decades. How cool is that? It's pretty awesome. I'm sorry about stepping on your topic. <laughs> no, it's great. Go on. What, no, else, only, what else do you only... have in this story? There better be more, Josh. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, the only 50-year-old ever to win a major. <laughs> I said that. What else, what else do you got? Go ahead. You can say he won in four decades, too. No, but congratulations to Phil. The thing about Phil, it's so he's probably, I mean, not probably, he's the most <laughs> gifted golfer there's ever been. Um, and even Tiger goes on there in, in the documentary yeah. saying that, you know, people have heard him say he, he was, he would be so frustrated by Phil because he was so naturally gifted where Tiger had to work so much harder. But you watch Phil and how he plays. He's by far, by far the most entertaining golfer to watch how he interacts and how he plays. Like, I, I love watching Phil. I'm so sorry, man. Um, so, <laughs> now, uh, there, there's been a lot of theorizing on the internet that he kind of tapped into the Tom Brady method. Um, and that's why he's kind of had this resurgence. Um, I don't know if you can recall the first kind of big sporting event of the pandemic was him and Tom Brady playing golf against uh, Tiger Woods and whoever the hell else. And a lot of pictures of Phil and Tiger talking, or Phil and Tom Brady talking strategy. Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl. He's fucking 44 years old or whatever. Phil Mickelson, now the oldest uh, major winner. Mm -hmm. I, I got to buy some Tom Brady, like TB12 method shit. Um, I'm not old enough to quite need it yet, but I don't know. I, I think whoever taps into that early enough is going to live to be like 160 fucking years old. It's, it's the fountain of youth for sure. Um, it, it's, it's just awesome he, you 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 say it out loud he's won in the 90s the 2000s the 2010s and the 2020s no one's won four in decades yeah yes four <laughs> i'm repeating myself four decades this guy is and, it, and it's him and his glasses and his style he looks more in shape at 50 than he did five years ago because of tom brady yeah i swear to god they sold so they sold their soul to the devil is what you're saying yeah um, the, one, the one other thing I had with this, I was looking at a graphic today. Obviously, Jack Jack Nicholas famously uh, won the Masters back in the 80s uh, at 46 years of age. Um, and then Julius Boros is, before today, the oldest uh, major winner. He won the PGA Championship back in the 60s at 48 years. 
Third place was this dude, Tom Morris, back in the 1800s, and his nickname was literally Old Tom at 48 years old. And they had a picture of him. Big old beard looks like shit. And here you see Phil Mickelson looking pretty good for 50 years old winning majors on a... He, he, is, a he is a handsome devil. I mean, he, really is. he is a specimen. So congratulations, Phil, man. You are, you're the man. Another great uh, milestone in golf history. His name's going to be the record books. And um, yeah, I, I wish I could have watched it again. Busy day traveling and didn't get to, but shout out to Phil and Lefty. And thank you, Josh, for fucking up this next segment. All right, well, now explain the segment. This, the segment is called I'll Have One More. As we've talked about in the previous episode, we have no idea what each other is going to talk about. So <laughs> this is off the cuff, not on the run sheet. We, you know, immediate reactions. Hence why it's so funny because he had no idea I was going to talk about it and he stole my topic. So I'm going to be thinking very, very quickly on a topic. So uh, JB, you're definitely going to have to start this one off. Okay, um, this uh, this is one I was thinking about. Um, my apologies once more. That's the last time I'll apologize. But uh, this is one I've been thinking about, just kind of getting more into looking at next football season, diving into um, basketball, obviously, for the playoffs. We were talking about the Knicks. Um, their best player, Julius Randle, kind of leading the resurgence is from Plano, Texas. Um, so I was thinking about just like the best athletes out of Texas. And I was thinking about making you name um, your favorite athlete from that played for a uh, school in Texas that's not yours. Obviously, Texas A&M. So your favorite non-Texas A&M college athlete. And your favorite athlete that kind of played in high school in Texas is kind of currently in the pros right now. Currently, currently in the pros or has played in the pros? Has played in the pros. Okay. Um, so that was a pro. He recently retired. It's going to be the Austin man, um, Drew Brees. Um, I love the guy. I think, I think he's outstanding. He, you know, defied all odds. He was so short. Was he 5'10"? Was that his height? I've, I've read stuff that, that that's kind of putting it kindly. So let's say 5'9", 5'10", for fun. Um, leads his team, has a great career in high school, Mm -hmm. state championship gets no offers until late in his senior year, and it's Purdue. He didn't even know where Purdue was. He didn't have a clue about Purdue, um, but just didn't get any other offers. So, that you know, that's where he went. And goes to Purdue, leads him to a Rose Bowl, you know, makes Purdue football relevant, and then goes to the Chargers and is doing very well, you know, and gets hurt, shoulder injury. Chargers draft uh, Rivers and get rid of him thinking that this is the best that they're going to get. To this day, uh, LT hates talking about that and getting rid of uh, the coach because he's like, we had Super Bowls in us, and they just gave up on us too early. He goes, I love Phillip, and, you know, we came close, but with those teams we should have won. And then he goes to New Orleans and becomes pretty much, you know, minus, you know, the end of his career, there's some topics and different things that have rubbed some people the wrong way, but he was the heart and soul, not only of the team, but of the city. Um he stayed in the city. A lot of athletes go to the suburbs to mm -hmm. be away and sub and get that lifestyle. He stayed in the heart with his family, uh, was huge in the community doing fundraisers and nonprofit things and supporting after Katrina, he was in the thick of it, helping where he could. And you talk to any of his, um, the people that played with him, 
in those years that they were, they couldn't say a bad thing about him. He was a class act on the field and off the field. Um, I'm, I'm excited that he gets to retire and spend the time with his family, watch them grow up, not having to be on the road, getting to see his kids play sports and things like that. He's deserved it, earned it. Hell of a player. He's a legend, an icon. It's just hard. I'll call him an all-time great. The argument can be made that he is not. Just because, in my opinion, if you're an all-time great, you are the top two in your position at the time of your entire playing. And he just had a couple better people in front of him. Um, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers. Times. Yeah. You have Tom Brady, who just seems to keep winning and winning and winning. And that's when he was playing. So it, that, that part's hard for me, but he's a Hall of Famer. Um, congratulations on his retirement and i hope he keeps building restaurants you know he's part owner at walk-ons and another entertainment center he's doing all these awesome things so drew Brees seems like he could be one of those people you have a drink with at the bar and have a great time with him he would just sit and talk to you he's got like four kids though so i don't know if he would ever have time to get up to the bar or not um it's true (laughs) true maybe he's lucky enough to have a home bar like you do Get in, the, get in the jukebox on Wednesday if the weather is good. Hell yes. I'm excited to come down and see that. Um, no, he's he's incredible, man. Um, like, yeah, that shoulder injury, I still remember when that happened because, like, him being out of Austin, like, being out of Texas, I was following his career a little, and there was a bad-looking injury. And only two teams even kind of wanted him when he got shipped off, and it was Miami and New Orleans, and I think he almost picked Miami. And him and New Orleans were just a perfect match. It's kind of crazy um, between those two things and then just Sean Payton as the coach. And well, uh, Tomlinson has reason to be displeased because I think Breeze would have made him a lot more successful. Agreed. Where Rivers is just an incredibly talented quarterback on his in his own right, but I think Breeze would have really kind of given Tomlinson's career even that much more juice. Um, but, man, yeah, just great, great freaking quarterback. So who's yours? Um, as far as just pro athletes to come out of Texas, I hated this guy when he was in college because he went to OU. Um, but it's Adrian Peterson, man. Um, From Palestine, Texas. Palestine, Texas, what a shithole. Um, just the, the level to which there's a lot of athletes like this, and for me it's almost always football and basketball, but there's a lot of athletes like this where if you're watching a game or something, there's like a, in football, in the NFL's case, like, oh, a Fox game break, and it's just like, and we're going to Minnesota for eight years there, you're just dialed in because you're going to see an Adrian Peterson highlight. Um, I still remember when I was home for whatever reason around Christmas and Peterson was pretty close to the all-time like season rushing record and he was about to break like this long run and got tripped up and my grandpa and I were both like, ah, like he almost had it. And I still remember when uh, shout out Hunter Knox, me and him were watching games week one, one, one season and Adrian Peterson like literally stiff armed this guy into the ground like a Mortal Kombat fatality, and then just ran for like a fifty-yard touchdown. It was incredible. And I think 
he's the sole reason Boise State went for two and won the Fiesta Bowl. Because they were terrified of him. Yeah, because when they went in overtime, Oklahoma had the ball first. First play was a handoff to Peterson, and he just went to the house. Touchdown, first play. So it was was one of those things where we might as well go for it now because if we keep doing this, they're just going to keep running on us and, and, and continue to do what they're doing. Yeah. And the one time they got him like a decent quarterback when Brett Favre came over from uh, Green Bay by way of the New York Jets for a season, um, they should have probably won the Super Bowl that year. But Brett Favre had an incredible season and just fucked it up right at the end and yeah. threw a pick to the New Orleans Saints for the Saints to win. And then the Saints ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um, but Peterson, as far as just like pro athletes to come out of Texas, like, he kind of exemplifies like the power of like the running back out of Texas, like the Earl, very much in the vein of like an Earl Campbell or yes. what Tom Tomlinson and everyone else. He's just like the uh, definitely the best career out of those guys, mostly because Earl Campbell got hurt so much and can't walk now. But uh, but he makes good sausage. Makes incredible sausage. Earl Campbell hot links by them at a grocer near you. Um, please support Oral. Please support Oral Campbell. He needs it. Um, he's sixty and looks ninety. But uh, now Adrian Peterson, just like every week, um, if Adrian Peterson, if a highlight was going to pop up, it's just like, oh, I got to watch this. Cool story about AP. Um, you know, he he was in Houston a lot uh, years ago, a few years ago, and uh, one of my good friends, Keith Smith, had a uh, had a stroke. Well, Keith Smith is from. St. Paul, Minnesota. So he's a huge Vikings fan, even though he's been uh, in Houston since I think it was like in ninth grade, but still huge. Everything in Houston comes first and then Minnesota. So every time he'd come in, they would have a conversation just like they were old buds. And AP heard that Keith had had a stroke and was, you know, having a hard time being away from work and everything and actually made a video and uh, posted it and sent it to him, just wishing him well, can't wait until he comes back and they can talk again. And just someone like him spending just a few seconds and realizing that the guy he usually talks to isn't there and making that gesture. I always thought that was a class class act by that man. That's pretty dope. So, um, and you said people favorite players that didn't go to our school. So not A&M and not Texas, right? Yeah. Your favorite college athlete that uh, didn't go to A&M. I almost went basketball on this, um, but changed my mind late in the game. Um, I'm going to go with Wes Welker out of Texas Tech. Oh. Um, the young man was out of Oklahoma. What? Deep cut. <laughs> um, I think it's cool because he was, you know, this one, he wasn't from Texas. He was from Oklahoma, but got no offers, tore it up, set records, one state, just did everything you could possibly do at a small school. Um, and Mike Leach was like, this guy can, this guy can do some work here at Tech. And put him in the slot, and the guy never looked back. A few stats. Um, a four-year career, 259 catches for 3,019 yards, 21 receiving touchdowns. He ran the ball 79 times for 456 and had three rushing touchdowns. He also recorded eight punt returns for touchdowns, which is still a record he shares to this day. Um, and you think about just the yards and stuff. Back, I mean, Texas Tech was always that air raid and was beast at offense. But they've even become more proficient throughout the years until recently, in the last couple, where they were even doing more yards, doing more yards. And when Mahomes was there, he was just putting up gaudy numbers. Think if Wes was with a player like that, 
an actual talented quarterback. And no disrespect to Cliff Kingsbury, B.J. Simmons, those guys. They were system quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes was a quarterback. Um, he had a ton of records he shared and still shares some to this day. But he was just a mighty might. He was a small dude that wasn't going to make it in college, makes it to college, shows everyone I can play this game, goes to the pros, he'll never do anything. One of the huge, huge members in New England um, when he was there, putting up numbers. He was just one of those guys that was very dependable, um, wasn't very gaudy, and just played hard. And that's something that I always respect in football. Um, one of the reasons, I, while I respect Conor McGregor, going back to UFC, I just don't like how much shit he talks. I mean, I, I get it. It's selling a fight, and it's part of his personality. But that's just not the kind of player that I like. And that's why Wells Walker just came in, did business, said his two words, and went back. So for me, the Oklahoma native, by way of Texas Tech, Wes Welker. Very nice. Uh, man, we're probably going to both go Texas Tech wide receivers then. We just we, hate each other's team that much. We couldn't we, we couldn't just do it, could we? No, and I mean, John, Man, John Manziel. Uh, John, Johnny Manziel was a must-watch uh, must, must every week uh, when he was at A&M, but Michael Crabtree also was a must-watch for me when he was at Texas Tech. Broke your heart. He single-handedly broke your heart, but you couldn't be mad. He did. He did. Um, we were on our way to the national title game and then went up to Lubbock. Blake Gideon uh, dropped an interception. Next play, right on the sideline. I don't know if it was the next play, but that drive. Um Right on the sideline, looks like Crabtree's going to go out so then they can maybe kick a field goal. He's like, no, fuck that. Breaks the tackle, runs into the end zone, touchdown, uh, and then texts in the driver's seat for a national title berth so that they could then lose to OU by like 40 points the next week. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't quite get it done, but Michael Crabtree, just such a great athlete, was also a four-star basketball recruit. Uh, Bobby Knight wanted him to come play basketball for the Red Raiders as well. He did not. He chose to go be a pretty productive NFL receiver for a little while. He was pretty yeah. good. Um, but those, to your point, like the system, the system at Texas Tech, like Wes Welker was like the best receiver at Tech until Michael Crabtree. Yes. And then Michael Crabtree was like, oh, this is what a pro athlete looks like in this system. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a random dude. It was like a real athlete. And no, these, these little like in routes that usually go for like eight yards, and then you all are just like popping these over and over again. Like he's taking these to the house. Like, oh, like what are you even supposed to do now? And he gave that program a lot of credibility that I don't honestly think they had before. Uh, I, can, I can agree with that. Just having such as a, as like with recruits and stuff. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Cause they never got super big recruits ever. No. Um, and he was a big get for them with, with other powers in Texas. So can't hate on that. Can't hate on that. <laughs> but sadly, the only thing I remember about his pro career and nothing against him, it was Richard Sherman calling him, you know, just calling him out in, in the super, was it the super bowl or was it the cha the AFC championship? The NFC championship to go NFC. to the super bowl. Um, Oh, yeah, when Crabtree was with the uh, Niners at that point, because he started with the Raiders. Yes. I think, or vice versa. I can't remember at this point. No, you're right. You're right. He, he went to the, the Niners. And, uh, yeah, Kaepernick threw a fade route, 
maintain it for Crabtree and Sherman was like, no, you're not gonna do that at all. And then he tried to shake his hand and he's like just went crazy on him, like cut a pro- cut a WWE style promo at the end. He, man, yeah, he was yelling. I love that. I love that Seahawks team. <laughs> then cut oh, to two weeks later, they just beat the absolute shit out of Denver. Oh, it was it was bad and embarrassing. Yeah. Um that being said, it's time for my I'll have one more. And so I Phil Mickelson. <laughs> I won't be talking about the greatness of Lefty. Um I'll keep it real simple. Um, who is who are uh, a musician from the past or present, or they can both be past or both present, that are your two favorite Texas artists. It can be any any genre. favorite texas artists or i guess groups um number number one's the toadies that, that one's easy um for i don't know you and i have seen them together like at least three times easy right um I had a couple at least i think four times um yeah abilene two times in dfw and one time in houston um just that rubberneck album that came out so long ago now but it's kind of a, just a timeless it's just like a rock album it was either 92 or 94 i forget the year and i don't know why I I know 94 yeah and and then just an incredible album um most most people including myself are probably at any kind of toadies concert just to basically hear them play that album through if we're all being honest with ourselves and every time they play like Tyler or Possum Kingdom or Away, it's just like, oh my God, like, this is incredible. This is all I wanted out of tonight. And oh, so, so talented. They, they that's, play, an a to, that's an A to Z album. You don't need to skip. The Really, the only other song I know that isn't on that is No Deliverance. Like I, I when I mean know that I can sing the whole thing through. Yeah. Um, but they sound just as good when I saw them. I think I saw them three years ago with Keith and his wife, maybe four years ago, as they were when I saw them 10 years ago. It's like age hasn't done anything with them. And just for this, they are my number two. They're my second favorite band to come out of Texas of all time. Very nice. Um, Number one. No, wait, I did my number one. I'm an idiot. Um, Number two for me. So Phil Mickelson is what you're talking about again, huh? My number two musician to come out of Texas is Phil Mickelson. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Congrats on his major. Um, We talked about this guy on, I think, one of the Facebook Lives I was on like a few weeks ago. And I went back and looked at it, and now he is headlining ACL. The lineup just got got announced last week. George Strait. He's headlining ACL? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Both weekends. Kylie Roach, you can hear me. Whether you're in the living room or the bedroom, I'm going to ACL. Uh, Mitch Akers, shout out Mitch Akers. Um, he's him and Mackenzie, his wife, bought tickets for weekend one. Um, they went on sale like at noon on Wednesday. They were sold out by the time I was able to even log on and look at it at like 1.30 while I was at work for the weekend passes. They're doing single-day tickets starting on Tuesday. Okay. So, and they, they haven't even announced the lineup yet for like per day yet. So I don't know what day George is doing. 
uh, they haven't said, but I think a lot of the reason everyone I talk to is like, we've never seen it sell out this fast. And I think there's two big reasons. One is COVID and people are just like ready to do shit. But two is like George Strait brings a kind of a big fan base to ACL that's not usually at ACL. And they're just like, oh, well, George, we're going to pay you how many, it doesn't matter how many dollars it is. We're just going to go pay to see George Strait do a show. Yeah. And ever since we talked about that Facebook Live, I've kind of gone back and looked at it. I don't, I don't listen to country music. I know so many George Strait songs. <laughs> <laughs> the dude's just incredible. He's, it's unassailable. Like he's, he's great. I mean, all he does is make hits and he yeah. is my number one. So it's very funny that our, yeah, sure. top, our top two are, are um, you know, basically the same. Yeah. I mean, the, the dude has, has done it all, you know, over 60 number one hits, which is incredible when you think about it. He's been around since the early eighties and a cool fun fact for people that aren't really into country music. The ace in the whole band is his background band, which modern day fans don't really know about. That's just the mm -hmm. people with him. They were actually extremely famous in the early eighties and they were looking for a lead singer because their lead singer had left and they just happened to find George Strait. Like George Strait was coming in to the famous band as really no one knew who he was. And it just organically turned into the, you know, the sensation that George Strait is. And he has a lot of, it's, it's a different country fan in my opinion, but George and Garth Brooks have very similar things where if you put Garth or George on any lineup in any festival anywhere, it's going to make noise because they're that big of just international stars, not just country stars. Yeah. And I, maybe I'm wrong. This is where you could fact check me. Isn't Garth, Garth Brooks is the most records sold of an American artist? Yeah, and from what I understand, though, that had a lot to do with the, like an exclusive deal with Walmart. Okay where they were really pushing his shit smart play walmart get the get those you know what i mean we'll leave it at that <laughs> i mean i'll double down like just a lot of people that listen to garth Brooks shop at walmart yes i mean hell that's that's one of the one of the cds i got for the jukebox was garth brooks greatest hits and george Strait's greatest hits um but yeah king george is george is someone i've never seen he's actually also playing the 90th anniversary of the houston livestock show and rodeo oh. um he set the indoor record here in Houston last time he played, you know, and he's, he's retired from touring, but that doesn't mean he's not going to have shows. So right. that's one of the shows and festivals. He's still going to turn up. Yeah. He's, he's, he's outstanding. And his influence is so big. It's crazy that he, you know, he stopped writing a lot of his songs. He's, he's started writing them more now that he's, you know, doing, doing what he's doing now, but he didn't write songs for so long. And that was a big get if you were a country music singer and George recorded one of your songs that you had wrote, like that was to them almost as big as your, you performing the song. So mm -hmm. I think that's super cool that ACL is doing that. Um, little, little shout out. Um, I talk about him a lot. Co Wetzel. If you don't listen to Co Wetzel and you're watching this, check him out. He, uh, he is Southern rock meets Texas country and he, he just does it his way. It's nothing that you've ever heard. And another Texas artist, the Texas country artist, Matt, uh, I mentioned, but check him out. The dude, he, he, his last album debuted in the top 10 on the country music charts with no radio songs, which is incredible. And he has a rabid fan base. He sold out five out of his six shows in Florida again with no mainstream radio. So please everyone go check that out. Very nice. Um, 
also headlining ACL. Um, Vijay Singh. Bill Mickelson. <laughs> you said it, and I'm like, fucking guy's a golfer, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> fucking troll city over here. Congratulations again, Phil. Being 50 winning. Hey, uh, you got anything? You got anything else you got for this episode, Mister JB? Do you want want to steal from me, or are we good? No, man. Uh, we shouldn't record. I guess just directly after uh, major tournaments uh, anymore. You're gonna steal my thunder. You got to keep your head on the swivel in the podcast game, my man. Clearly, I do. Hey, we want to thank you all very much for uh, tuning in. I hope everyone had a great time. This is the happy hour. I'm Josh. That's Josh coming at you weekly from Cypress, Texas, as long as I don't screw stuff up. That being said, we'll see y'all soon. If you have any kind of topics you want us to talk about, put it in the comments. Make sure you share this video. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Um, we have Instagram. We have Facebook. We got all that stuff. But check out our YouTube videos. We got a lot of content on there. We got the happy hour. We got bar top banter. We got the gigum guys. Um, that being said, we are done for this week, and we can't wait to see you next week. Playing us out another classic that just tugs at the heartstrings when you hear it. I'm not asking for a we'll draw, 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 just let his country down. Give it